There's a song we all know and love. Blau und weiß deine Leben lang. Hallo meine Lieben, wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einziger Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Thank you for tuning back to our show. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. We'll also pick out articles on the club and talk a little bit about them. I certainly don't do this alone, and joining me all the way from Chicago, co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing? Good Monday evening, Richard. It's a victory Monday. Our victory first Monday, Monday, that's right. That feels good to say. I am a little bit under the weather, so let me apologize in advance for any uh, sniffling you hear occasionally, or maybe the, uh, the potential cough. I apologize in advance, but uh, the show must go on, quite literally. So, looking forward to getting into a uh, Schalke victory yeah, that's right. But before we get into that, we did have some breaking news today. Um, there was some transfer news we were expecting, uh, I would say. Uh, Baba Raman from Chelsea joins Schalke on a one-and-a-half-year loan. Uh, that's 18 months for those who can't count that high. Um, Jack, uh, how excited are we to have Raman back with Schalke? I tweeted out about this earlier. Um, I don't think this is the flashiest signing or a signing that maybe a lot of people are going to be particularly excited about, but this is a signing that I think is very important for us. Going forward, um, Ochipka has been an absolute stalwart for us on the left side, uh, and he's played pretty much every Bundesliga minute, I think, or close to it. Um, and I don't know if we really have a natural replacement for him, and I think it is crucial that we picked up Baba um, at a minimum just to give Ochipka some rest. Um, and then, you know, knock on wood, hopefully nothing happens. But if there were to be an injury, we'd have somebody to be able to slot in there as well. So uh, welcome back, Baba. Good to see that he's going to get an opportunity to, to get some match minutes finally, uh, you know, well enough with this ACL rehab to get back on the pitch. And uh, it's a long-term loan, as you said, 18 months, not, you know, a half-season loan, which is pretty rare anyway, or, um, you know, even a full season. So he should have time to to settle back into the Schalke side and, hopefully be a contributor the rest of the season and potentially a, a big part of our team next year as well. Yeah, the hashtag going around Schalke Twitter this, uh, today was Baba is back. Um, and indeed he is. Like you said, uh, we're going to have much-needed depth there on the left-hand side. And uh, with three games in a week coming up, uh, he'll – well, I don't know if he'll be ready for that, but um, like I said, anytime we can get some depth in there, will be great because uh, Chipka has been there. He's been all season long. It doesn't seem he has any rest. At least Caligiri now has a shelf to come in to replace him every now and then, Yeah. Uh, as in last week when he was sick. So, um, yeah, the more depth we get, the better. Uh, I'm also excited to see hopefully, you know, when uh, Tukert finally gets into the game action and maybe see some more Piazza uh, down the road. And hopefully um, it'll be uh, sooner than later than when we see Weston McKinney back in the lineup. Yeah, certainly a good squad right now. I feel pretty good about where we are um, in terms of squad depth for the rest of the season. Absolutely. So last week, we experienced, I guess, what it's like to get scored on late as Hanover, with their last-ditch goal, uh, they ended up the game, tied the game, uh, all square, 1-1. Uh, according to Tedesco's two huge points lost, and I couldn't agree more, this week, though, Schalke would look to get you know the season sweep against Stuttgart, who uh, earlier in the season they won three to one. Um, coming into this game, uh, we we were, we've mentioned we've beat this beat this horse to uh, 
to its death, really, saying that, you know, with this three-game stretch between Hanover, Stuttgart, and Bremen, we needed to get as many points as possible. Seven was the one number we were looking for. So what were you looking coming into this matchup uh, to see? It needed a win. Uh, and that's pretty much plain and simple. Uh, we lost uh, RB Leipzig to start the start the second half of the season here. Um, disappointing result against Hanover after a strong start, giving that one away late. Um, so, you know, through the first two games, picking up one point out of a possible six, really needed to bounce back and pick up a W here. Um, and, you know, I was looking for Schalke to stop messing around and score some goals. Um, and really uh, take advantage of a matchup against what is, you know, to be fair, just a weaker opponent, plain and simple. And uh, that's what we did for the most part, so I was pretty pleased with it. Yeah, the one thing we we couldn't do for the last, really since the Dortmund game, was uh, shut out anybody. We just came to leak goals left and right. Usually yeah. it's multiple goals um, at that, so um, it was a good change for that. But so on today's rundown, we're going to obviously recap the Stuttgart match, give our reaction. We're going to try to preview Bremen the best we can. Uh, Jack, what do you think? Let's go. Let's take it away. All right. Despite sitting in 14th place, Stuttgart have done well at home, surprisingly, collecting 19 points out of a possible 27 so far. Despite that good form, Stuttgart only sits six points from above the relegation zone. Technically, I say technically, Schalke are on a good run with only one loss in September. Truth is, though, Schalke have not won a match in the Bundesliga since November. The question is, which trend would continue? Uh, we would see that right away. Uh, before the match, Schalke, uh, they would be in fourth place thanks to Frankfurt win over Gladbach. And then a win would see them go jump over uh, Frankfurt and move into second place. Um, lineups for this one, uh, pretty pretty standard lineup. Uh, so we'll go, we'll go with the with the home team first. In goal, uh, Stuttgart had Zeller. In defense, they had Pavard, Baumgartel, Kaminski, and Insua. Midfield, they had Larson, Bernich, Akolo, and Gentner. And then up top, they had Oskan and uh, Mario Gomez. Uh, for me, uh, the danger man, uh, if I had to pick a danger man from this lineup, I would say easily it's uh, Shadrach Akolo. Uh, he's a very gifted player who has the potential to unlock Schalke's defense. Um, he's done it to other teams throughout the league. He's a, he's a shifty little player with, with immense talent. Um, was, there, was there anyone else you were looking at, or was that the guy you were thinking that could have been caused the most, caused the most problems for us? Yeah, he's certainly one of them, and he popped up now and again in the game. Uh, you saw a little bit from him. I don't think he really blew us away or anything, but uh, he had his moments. Um, I was eager to see Mario Gomez uh, back at Stuttgart, see how he would perform up top. Um, yeah, so I think those are pretty much the two for me. Yeah, I know. I couldn't agree more. Um, now, looking at the Schalke's lineup, uh, we had, obviously, Ralph Fairman in net, Tilo Kerrer, Naldo, and Matija Nastasic in back. Uh, in the midfield, we had Daniel Kalajiri, Leon Goretzka, Max Meyer, Bastian Ochipka, and then in the front three, you had Amin Harit, Yevin Konoplyanko back in the lineup, and drums please, Franco Di Santo. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> <sighs> On the bench, we had Nubel, Benteleb, Stambouli, Bergstaller, Piazza, Schof, and Mbolo. What, what was your initial take on the on the lineup? And I know, obviously, the, the, the elephant in the room, but uh, overall, what, what, was your, what was your reaction? Uh, glad to see Teal Carer back there. Um, we talked about this a lot as well. I, I prefer him a little bit over 
Stambouli um, in that position. So I was glad to see that kind of back three uh, getting a run together. Obviously, Fairman hasn't missed a Bundesliga minute so far this season. He's he's an absolute stud. Uh, good to see Caligari back from illness. He's been a really big player for us, especially second half of the first second half of the first half. That's a that's a mouthful out there. Um, but he's he's been really he's been really good. As as, as glad as I've been to see Shupf back in the picture, um, I think Caligari is probably a preferred starter. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's how I feel. Um, and then. Kind of Plianka is a player whose influence I think we've been missing a little bit recently. Yeah, uh, yeah, so definitely. That was that was good to see him back, and then of course Franco de Santo. Um, I, I know <laughs> Dave Lee reached out to me on Twitter, letting me know that he loves the <laughs> Franco de Santo uh, rants. I'm not going to go into one here. Uh, I think I've said my piece on that, but you know, same shit, different day. I mean, same story with de Santo. So, um, and you know what, Tyler Dunn. Of yeah. Banter FC podcast, uh, formerly the Tyler Nozaka show, said he was going to be outside my window playing audio from Franco DeSanto highlights while I was on the recording the podcast. And he's nowhere <laughs> to be found. <laughs> so that's a good sign as well. Uh, hopefully we can move on from that. But uh, the other thing, the last thing I wanted to say on the lineup was uh, Bentaleb on the bench. So he's back finally from injury, which yeah. is good, um, especially with Weston McKenney going down last week with that uh, MCL issue. So uh, we didn't end up seeing Bentaleb today, but hopefully he can kind of uh, continue to be available for us going forward because we're we're probably going to end up needing him at some point. No, oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, the the lineup was pretty standard. I agree with you about Tilo Carrer over Stambouli. Um, the big thing was in the front three. We always said that the the stalwarts were Amin Harit and Bergstaller, and then you had rotation of whomever uh, to help them out. It could either be Disanto or or Schoff or or whatever, but uh, no Bergstaller in this, and DeSanto was starting, uh, so right off the bat, I thought after you know Piazza's performance last week that he would definitely get another nod, or uh, Bergstaller, who's been consistent, maybe he did just want to give him a rest heading into this big week coming up, um, I don't know, but um, I was curious how this would, I wasn't sure, I was a little hesitant to see when I saw that lineup just because of who was leading the way, if, if you will, but at least Harit was there, and he's been on fire as of late. Um, but this uh, this would be a big day for Naldo as uh, he was officially made the Brazilian with the most appearances to play in the Bundesliga, passing uh, Zé Roberto. So officially he's the only one. He, he was tied with uh, Zé Roberto before this, um, retired a while ago. So uh, good for him, and he uh, he showed up today for his, big, for his big day. Or not today, but over the weekend for his big day. Yeah, congratulations to Naldo. It's quite quite a feat, quite an accomplishment. Um, I mean, great career he's had, uh, and obviously now been a very long term fixture in the Bundesliga. And he's not done; he's still alive and kicking. Uh, yeah. We've seen that this season, and we saw that again on Saturday. Well, speaking of Naldo, he kind of uh, he would start to score in opportunities for Schalke in the third minute by, of course, out jumping everyone for off a header uh, off of Ochipka's corner kick. Unfortunately for us, it sailed high and wide. But did you expect anybody else to get that get that ball from the corner kick? He's always dangerous. It's always an it's always an option. Um, and week after week, he seems to just be able to beat anybody he really wants to. So um, that's probably just going to be a consistent theme. I don't think anyone knows how to stop him. He's just tall and he's got the hops and uh, continues to be an aerial threat. Speaking of uh, doing anything he wants to and not being able to stop him. In the sixth minute, I mean, Harit was uh, quickly showing off his quick feet to evade one player, Topoke Pasakolo, and with uh, two players closing in, slipped a pass between them to a streaking Konoplyanka on the left. 
Unfortunately, Kono did nothing with it and crossed it to a ghost, maybe? I'm not sure. Um, clearly a missed opportunity for Kono Plyanka and Shalka, and this would be a theme we'd see over and over by uh, by the Ukrainian. Um, an opportunity lost clearly there, but I, did, you, did you have an idea of who he was trying to pass it to there? Yeah, so as you said, this would this would be a theme. Um, the first of many head-scratching decisions or just inexplicable pieces of play from him. Um, and I, I mean, we'll get into more of them as, as we you know go over the match here. Uh, the one thing I will say is, is great to see him um, so lively and getting into dangerous positions. Yes. Um, I don't know what he ate for breakfast on Saturday. He had his Wheaties. I mean, give me some of that, maybe with a touch of finishing. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, makes a good run. Harit finds him. Uh, and then, ultimately, it just, you know, breaks down. Cross to nobody and, uh, uh, you know, a dangerous piece of build-up play leads to nothing. Uh, and I think that was something we would see time and time again, Schalke not taking full advantage of the opportunities they were able to create. Yeah, what we did see from Konoplyak in this game is how, like you said, how lively he was. And, you know, in the beginning of the season, he showed this. And when Amin Harit started coming around and get into his own, we were thinking, okay, this is a two-person two, uh, two attack that could help Bergstaller behind him and, and produce some, some opportunities left and right side. And, and we're going to be so lethal. But he kind of, I don't know if his game just started slipping and Tedesco went, went to go win another way or there was an injury that we don't know about. I'm not exactly sure, but... Uh, I'm actually thrilled that he was back in the lineup, and and it showed that he had he gave us plenty of opportunities in this game with his performance. Like I said, maybe it was Wheaties led, or I don't know, maybe he had uh, something else. But we're not going to get into that. Um, what was noticeable for me in this game early on was that Shaka were pressing up high on the pitch. Uh, they're they're trying to cause turnovers, and they were dominating possession actually pretty well. So um, I like that they uh, were taking it to Stuttgart despite Stuttgart being at home. Yeah, certainly. Uh, and why not, honestly? This was a game that we needed to win. It was a game against uh, an inferior opponent, an opponent we outscored 3-1 to one last time. Um, you might as well come out with a bang and try to make something happen and knock them out of their game at home, you know, right off the bat. Absolutely. Um, we we scroll a couple of minutes uh, to the 13th when uh, Kalajiri, he saw Amin Harit out, out wide right. Uh, the fleet-footed Frenchman faked out a defender and as he as he was passing him, he was immediately taken down, and a free kick was called. When the when usually when the a set piece is lined up on the right hand side, Kalajiri usually is the man to take it, and Achipko will take it on the left hand side. Um, so he's obviously looking for somebody. His primary target is somebody that we all know well. On the edge, Nalto, one of those to watch in the middle, and there he is. Day for the Brazilian. Naldo gets it off the post and in just like that, Schalke are up one nothing. That would be his fifth goal of the season, and Naldo is celebrating his uh, big day with a big goal. Yeah, um, way, way to mark the occasion, right? Uh, you know, it's an excellent ball in from Caligari. Uh, Naldo has you know three or four Stuttgart players around him, but none of them really be able to uh, were able to, to jump as high as he was and. Um, really, really good header. Really good placement. Decent power on it. Kind of yeah, a, yeah. kind of a, not really a glancing header because I think he got more on it than that. But uh, really, kind of redirected it back post. Didn't give Ronald Brazil really any chance to 
to get there. And uh, just like that, set pieces, name of the game for Schalke all year and once again here. Absolutely. It was um... – it, it just seems like nobody can guard. No one can out. No one can jump with Naldo. It just he's so fantastic in the air, and you know it was obvious that who Calajiri was going for. And, and speaking on a little bit of Calajiri, you know I I never knew him to be such a good crosser of the ball. And this season, you know week in and week out, he shows it off the set pieces. He's 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 proven a you know pivotal for this team as far as goal scoring because he's getting these big assists and. Like I said, I this I did not see this coming. Uh, it, it, if I if I can go back to our our midseason review, I would say you know this one of the big surprises for me was the crossing ability of Calajiri. Yeah, he's been huge. He's been huge in setup. Um, like like we said earlier, Shop's been kind of in the mix recently. Um, some of that's just because Tedesco's giving him a run in the team. Some of that is because Calajiri, uh, you know, had a touch of the flu last week. But uh, you noticed a difference right away, didn't you? Oh yeah, with Calgary, and that's not to slag off, you know, Shep at all. Um, but Calgary's um, his distribution, I think, is just a little bit next level at this point. And his work um, rate's a lot stronger than and Shelf is. Not to take anything from Shelf, but yeah, Calgary just has an extra gear. It seems yeah. like that helps us out so much and gets us pumped up. I guess to keep playing really hard. And then here's the other thing: I, I should. Probably, this is my fault for not having this stat available. How, what is the most goals that Naldo has ever scored in a Bundesliga season? I don't. It, it, can't, uh, it can't be all that many more than he has right now, can it? No, it can't. I would say I mean, I'd be shocked if it was like eight, nine, or ten. I'd be I mean, shocked. You, you know, he has a reputation for this, but it seems like he's he's doing you know even better than I think any of us really anticipated in terms of the, the you know in the goal scoring department. Um, he's been so clutch for us, such a huge part of um, you know what we do. And uh, I, I mean, it took me by surprise a little bit, and maybe that's maybe that's my fault for not being aware of what he's done previously. That's something I'm definitely going to go check after we finish recording here. But um, yeah, at least five goals already. Um, a lot of them coming in the last few months, and uh, he just keeps on rolling. All right, you ready for this? Sure. Uh, in, man, he's been playing for a long time. So in the 2006-2007 season for Werder Bremen, he had six goals. In the 09-10 season for Werder Bremen, he had five goals. In the 2012-13 season for Wolfsburg, he had six goals. In the, 04, in the 14-15 season for Wolfsburg, he had seven goals. And so currently he's five, so he's two goals off his career high at 35 years old. Hello, yeah, so, I mean, so it's been pretty consistent then, a little bit more so than I, than I thought. I know he has a reputation for being you know, a goal-scoring center back, but um, that's incredible that he's still doing it at this age. Um, and and we're, the season's still young to some extent. We have a number of games left, and he's already kind of right up to where he normally is. So <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe he'll break that record this year. Uh, well, let's uh, let's hope because uh, he's he's already got one record down here in this game. So uh, if he can continue that and uh, get that goal record there for him personally, uh, I'm sure it would help Schalke in the long run trying to get a Champions League spot. So like last week uh, when we were went up one nothing, I I begged the question. I wanted to see how the teams were going to react. How was the the team that went down going to react, and how is the team going up going to react? Last week we didn't do that well. Uh, Hanover started taking over the game, got into it. We let them get into it, frankly, and then eventually uh, tied the game. So I was curious to see how Schalke would respond. Clearly, Schalke learned from their approach last week and kept on the front foot. A uh, couple minutes after this goal, really, it was like five minutes after the Naldo goal, uh, Schalke kept searching for that second goal, and the persistent would pay off. Konoplyanka, just outside the box, would do a nice little chip pass to Leon Goretzka as the ball bounced around in the box. Leon would try to get ahead on it, uh, but it looked like a boot in the midsection came from Jakob Brun Larsen, a uh, former Dortmund player, FYI. 
Shaka would be awarded a penalty, and after some deliberation amongst the players about who was going to take it, up stepped Amin Harit. The penalty spot. Ron Robert Zeele just tried to eat up a bit of time. Schalke have had more penalties than any team this season, scoring all six. And now it's seven. It's Amin Harit, one of the stars of Schalke's team this year. And he buried it past Zeele to double Schalke's lead. That would be his third goal of the season and the Koningblauen's seventh converted penalty this season. Yowza. Yeah, so nice little chip ball in to Goretzka. Um, good, good diagonal run from him. Um, it ultimately kind of gets popped up in the air, as you said. And then uh, as Goretzka's going from it uh, forward, a high boot from the Stuttgart player there. Um, did you think that was a penalty? Um, in, in live play, I thought absolutely a penalty. And then I saw it. Um, I don't think it was... Oh, it was a high boot, so because of that, I think it was a penalty. I don't think he got Goretzka as much as Goretzka played it off, uh, but I do think it was a dangerous play because the foot was up there when his head was there. Um, we'll get to a play later in the game where it was a similar situation, though it was in the middle of the field. But yeah. anytime a boot is near a head, I think the referee's going to call it nine times out of ten. Yeah, it's certainly something I don't think that Strickard could really complain about, but I don't know if it necessarily had to be given 100%. Right, um, right. But I, I, either way... Um, Harit made no doubt about it. I was surprised to see him being the one taking that penalty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought maybe they'd give it to DeSanto or something. Uh, but uh, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, he, he really finished that coolly. Uh, Godzilla going the wrong way. And uh, good to see him back on the score sheet. He, he's such a big part of so many other things that we do. But it's, it's rarely uh, him being the one uh, on the end of something, you know, given the final product. So that was nice to see him pop back up. Yeah, so he... He was a big part of the first goal because he drew the penalty that led to the free kick that Naldo ended up scoring on. And then here he gets a, he gets the penalty goal. Uh, it, was, it was funny because I was watching and I'm like, you could tell it was like three or four guys there battling it out, trying to get to the corner kick or getting the, the goal kick. Uh, but finally, I mean, Harry finally got it. I, wa- I want to know what, I want to be the fly in that conversation there to hear. Uh, who's how did how did they decided to go with that? So, so the next person who's going to leave shock is going to be Harit. Yeah, don't you think? I mean, he's with the performance so, he's having, yeah, he's so good. He's so good. I mean, almost every week. Um, I mean, as as we've talked about, he's the most fouled player in the Bundesliga. He's consistently, you know, getting brought down in dangerous areas, leading to free kicks, other things. Um, he he just looks like somebody who is really catching the eye, probably of you know other teams as well, and not just you know us and our fans and. Um, hopefully we can hold on to him because he's been phenomenal. A good example in the in the play in the play by play during the game was that they're comparing him to Metsu Otsio right before he became the big time player that he was that he is. Um, which is a fair comparison. They're very very silky and smooth. They can control the play, but Harit's got a, a plethora of tricks up his sleeves that he can get by anybody. It seems. Yeah, he had one run. I don't know when that was exactly, but uh, just ridiculous. He, he beat like two or three players with just some really quick deft touches and then ultimately sprung kind of playing it down the left-hand side. It just, it just plays like that. And then, you know, the other little things he does, he just, um, I don't know where we'd be this season without him. Yeah. Why I don't think he'll leave after the summer and why he shouldn't, uh, is because he doesn't have that goal scoring touch just yet. And if he gets that goal scoring touch, he's going to go to one of the big boys, one of the, one of the top three clubs in the, in the world. Um, PSG or, or Real Madrid or Barcelona or something like that. 
Um, but he doesn't have that goal scoring touch yet. I think once he gets that, that's when he's going to attract the really big bucks. Hopefully he will not be on a free contract when we lose him. Uh, hopefully we got a big money <laughs> if they lose him. I mean, I hope he stays there forever, but don't uh, even say that. Don't you just don't put uh, that on us. Uh, it has to say because after what's going on with freaking Goretzka. Um, but let's, uh, speaking of Goretzka, let's move on. Um, maybe about five minutes after that goal, uh, we saw a glimpse of what Goretzka can do. Uh, he shielded off a Colo on a play and then he nutmegged Burnage uh, in the midfield before uh, he started streaking away and then a Colo eventually had enough of it, hog tied him down. You know, Leon Goretzka has all the tools of a player who can just embarrass guys with no effort. It seems like he's just not even trying. Um, what makes Goretzka so good that, like I said, he, he looks like he's not even trying? Yeah, not the fastest player that you're going to see, but he's got great balance, you know, a nice long stride, so he can't take up, you know, a decent chunk of pitch and um, strength as well and, and great ball control, and you saw all of that right there. He's not necessarily going to, you know, blow by anybody, and that's why the defender's kind of in the position to, you know, challenge for that, but he's just a beast to take off the ball, um, you know, and it ultimately gets, uh, gets a yellow called because of his strength there in the midfield as he was looking like he was going to set something up dangerous for us on the counter. Yeah, he's a very, very good technical player. Um, it's probably very underrated, but you see in, in games like this and moments like that where he just, you know, just definitely touches it between a guy's legs and it gets by him with no effort. Um, and he's good when the ball is like, uh, again, passing from the air. He just, just stops the ball really easily with his toe, um, and doesn't lose the ball. So, um, yeah, he, uh, he is a very talented player and hopefully he can, uh, help, uh, string in more goals throughout the season for the team and get us to where we want to go. Um, I did notice that, you know, what finally, you know, when we're up one nothing, the team kept pressing and trying to get another goal. But it seemed like once we got up to two nothing, uh, we very much dropped back defensively into the back half of the um, of the pitch, and we were we decided to play a counterattack uh, style football. Is that what you saw as well? Yeah, particularly in the second half, it started. It definitely started in the first half. I think we kind of dropped into that a little bit more as the game went on. Um, I'm not as we we did that a little bit of that against Hanover last week, um, not nearly as effectively, and yeah. I think that was also a little bit unwise given the fact that we only had the one goal as opposed to a, a two goal cushion. So exactly. I think it was, yeah, I think it was a little bit more um, understandable here. Also, you know, players like Caligari and kind of and kind of Planka back in the side, really giving you that burst um, that can really make you dangerous on on the counter attack. Uh, so yeah. Um, I do think we saw a lot of that, and I think it was pretty effective as well. Uh, it's really just inexplicable that we didn't end up with more goals than we did, and we'll get into that. But yeah. <laughs> um, it, it certainly was an effective strategy, just one that we didn't capitalize on. Yeah, um, and so speaking of some opportunities, probably about eight or ten minutes later, uh, I mean, Harit would give the ball to Leon Goretzka, and Leon Goretzka lofted a perfectly weighted pass to a streaking Caligiri. Caligiri took a, a really heavy touch, and there was just enough touch that uh, it gave the defender, I think I believe it was Pavard, uh, enough time to catch up and knock it out for a corner. Um, well, so on the, at least on that that part right there, uh, if he had touched it just right, I mean, he could have gone in on a break and maybe get a really quality opportunity, but... Uh, it looks like he was. Uh, he saw the goal and got too excited and knocked it way too ahead, too far ahead. Yeah, he really put on the burners there and got himself into a good position, either to shoot or you know lay that off to somebody. And then, as you said, just a heavy touch and 
gets that ball taken away from him right as he's kind of getting into the box there. So uh, that was another piece of buildup that ultimately led to nothing, as we've <laughs> seen a couple times already. Mm-hmm. Well, on the ensuing corner kick, uh, Shaka pulled out a little training ground trickery, uh, and Caligiuri found Konoplyanka at the top of the box, who attempted an audacious volley. Um, it nearly worked uh, It wasn't if it wasn't for the effort by the, def- uh, the defender to block it. Jack, uh, I know we're pretty lethal off set pieces as it is, so how did you like this little wrinkle that Tedesco and the boys threw in there? It certainly looked scripted, didn't it? Something off the training ground. Absolutely. Um, kind of Plianka setting up uh, kind of top central part of the box. Um, no one really putting a body on him or really getting anywhere near him. And this, this ball was <laughs> yeah. played pretty much directly to him. Um, he kind of goes for a half volley, hits it with a lot of venom, catches it sweetly, ultimately bumps into a couple of defenders and uh, you know ricochets out. Um, I actually think he had time if he wanted to to bring that down yeah and try to get a more controlled shot off because there really wasn't anyone anywhere near him i think he wanted um, to go for the spectacular is what he was going for <laughs> which was a problem with him today yeah just repeatedly uh i, I like, like i said earlier i don't know what he ate for breakfast but he was hyped up almost to a fault but um that was that was a smart wrinkle uh we we, we know how dangerous Naldo is particularly after he's already scored one you would fully expect if you're you know the defense there that Schalke is going to do the same thing that they've been doing all season, which keeps working for them, which is, you know, play kind of a looping ball into Naldo or you yeah. know, somebody and hope he gets it in there. And we did the opposite, and I think it definitely caught them off guard. That was a, that was a cool piece of play. Had he scored that, that would have been one of the goals of the season or nominee for one of the goals of the season because the power sure. he had on it, uh, it looked like it was going places, but it, it hit defenders and didn't make it ultimately. So um, uh, fast forward still further to the, uh, later in the first half. Uh, around the 42nd minute, um, uh, DeSanto actually got involved finally. Uh, it was Ochipka with a throw-in, and DeSanto kind of flicked it back uh, to Konoplyanka again uh, in stride, and he came marauding down the left-hand side. Uh, the defense, and, and when he came in on goal, he got a little too cute, and he missed horribly wide left, being on the left-hand side. I don't know how that happened, so a clear wasted opportunity by Yevon once again. What was he, what was he doing on that shot? So first of all, I'm not going to give DeSanto credit for that play. Um, <laughs> I saw that differently than you did. I might maybe I was wrong and you're correct, but I think that throw is just over his head and he missed it. Okay. Um, but yeah, basically what happens is that that, that throw in comes from sort of you know midfield, essentially left hand side. Um, DeSanto is kind of running in towards. Uh, was that Ochipka who threw it? Yes, I believe yeah. so. And he's got a couple players sort of flanking him, and that ball ends up going over him into kind of no man's land, and kind of Palenka just turns on the afterburners. Um, incredible acceleration from him, and great hustle to get out there and, and pick that up. And he, he's running in and ultimately gets into a position where he kind of has a one-on-one with the keeper, goes for a chip, and... With his inside leg. I don't, outside leg. I don't know how that could have possibly gone any more wrong for him, but he goes for a chip and hits it kind of like the opposite direction of the goal almost. It looked <laughs> um, almost closer to the corner than it did to the yeah, goal. <laughs> it just n- nowhere near, and you're just like watching that, like, what are you doing, man? But uh, <laughs> We thought it wouldn't get worse from this, but it did. Yeah, this, uh, is, we'll this, get is go- <laughs> this is going to be a broken record. You're going to be tired of us talking about Kana Palanca. And once again, that's a good thing because if, if, if he wasn't um, – being a part of the match and kind of imposing himself on the match, we wouldn't be talking about him. Yes. Um, and so that's, that's definitely a positive thing to see from him. Um, but just his, his finishing product was just absurd today. It shows that maybe this, maybe it's the rust of him not playing for so many weeks or not playing many minutes. Uh, that's what it was. I'm going to go with that, but I don't know, man. You know what he reminds me of? Um, and this is 
probably a pretty unfair comparison. He reminds me of Leroy Zane to some extent okay. while Zane was on Schalke in the sense that um, every time he picks up the ball, it's full on, full throttle. I'm going to run at you. I'm going to beat you. Yeah. I'm going to try to break yeah. you down. Um, and just unfortunately let that led to some careless turnovers and some, some poor decisions, but um, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a player like that on the team. I would like for it to be a little bit more controlled, but his energy, especially in this game was infectious. Every time he picked it up, he's spurring the team on. He's like, let's go get this thing. Um, and you know, he, he's when he makes a run, other players are trying to run to be with him and it really puts Stuttgart under a lot of pressure. So, um, Hopefully this this performance from him isn't going to have Tedesco criticize him too much or have him be too down on himself to try to completely change his game. Yeah, I, I liked the effort. I liked the energy. Just needs to just <laughs> rein it in a touch. He's he's at about a a twelve on a scale of ten. Needs to take it down <laughs> to about an eight, and we'll probably be in good shape. Right. Um, and speaking of Sane, you know, actually Sane is a good comparison to Harit in the sense that. You know, he got all this attention. He wasn't that much of a goal scorer either, but he did get eventually make a big move. So hopefully, I mean, that's not the case with, with Harid, but um, I can see very much how as a result of what happened to Sané and not being a goal scorer yet, um, he got a big move. So, I mean, anything's possible with Harid and, and the playmaking skills that he has. Yeah, quickly shout out to Leroy Zane. Um, sustained a pretty horrible tackle in City's match against, I think it was Cardiff this weekend. Um Player go. I forget which player it is. Goes in on him, studs up tackle right into the side of his leg. Um, suffer suffers some ankle ligament damage. He's only going to be out about a month. Um, it certainly looked a lot worse than that. So lucky for him, it wasn't anything major. But wishing him a speedy recovery. And earlier this week, he came out and said that he hopes to return to Shackle someday near the end of his career because you know he yeah. loves the atmosphere. And, I saw uh, that. Hey, you know what? I'd take a thirty-four-year-old Leroy Zane. I would too. I mean, <laughs> he, he would probably be a good like. Uh, uh, defensive midfielder or someone who can still pass kind of like Iniesta you know he doesn't have the pace anymore but he can just still spread the ball around and and uh, make beautiful plays so yeah I would take him too so absolutely and there was I love those comments that I saw from him you always see former Schalke players I mean Ivan Rakitic he helped persuade Marco Piazza to join Schalke and uh, Mesut Ozil is always talking about he wants to come back to Schalke too so uh, Schalke is a place that is uh, very near and dear to many and uh, it's home that and people want to come back there so you can't say more anything more about that. Um, so just before the halftime whistle, and I mean like seconds before the halftime whistle, Stuttgart finally got their best scoring opportunity off a corner kick. Uh, that man Mario Gomez would find his way to the end of the ball, and and he forced Rally to make a a good save to preserve the shutout. Jack Schalke were caught looking ahead to the locker room. It seems at that point, did it not? Yeah, uh, did a pretty good job of shutting them down for most of that first half. Didn't really afford them many opportunities. And then right as stoppage time was creeping in on us, uh, yeah, Gomez gets into the box, tries that back heel, um, kind of bounces around a little bit and um, ultimately gets hit out uh, safely for a corner kick. And then on the ensuing corner, um, Meyer has to clear it off the line. Yeah. So a couple uh, opportunities in quick succession. Uh, luckily, that sort of... A furious assault right at the end of the first half didn't lead to anything. We were able to maintain that 2-0 lead going into halftime because that would have certainly changed the team talk. And and it was a pretty good first half. I mean, obviously, to get more than one goal is obviously big. Um, had we gone in one nothing, I may have been a little bit more uh, iffy about it because consider what happened last week. You know, Keeping a team in it is never a good thing, but the fact they got a second goal in, uh, started uh, shifting towards that counterattack style plane, uh, it was it was shooting right into right into their wheelhouse, um, and I I thought you no, know, though Konoplyanka had some horrible misses in that first half, 
he was very lively and he was getting his opportunities. Harit was causing chaos like he always does. And Naldo actually was looking pretty well. I mean, other than other than corner kicks and defensively, he had some good moves around the the, the midfield midfielders of uh, Stuttgart and got some passes and, and the counterattack going. So um, all in all, I think it was a pretty good first half, don't you? Yeah, and he had a couple uh, games recently with some shaky defensive moments, which was sort of uncharacteristic, but um, looked very strong in the first half here today and I think throughout. Yeah, um, so let's, let's get into the second half real quick. Um, you know, not not too much to talk about in the second half. Uh, though two minutes into the into the second half, we saw uh, Shadrick Akolo. He used the skill to get by Tilo Carrer, but then we saw the pace that Carrer has, and he was able to get back and steal it away from Akolo. This is one of the skills he is better than Sambuli at. Um, Sambuli is not really the paciest of guys, so Carrer, when he does make the odd mistakes, he can use his pace to get back into the play and not and not get beat for a, a counter or um, a disadvantage or whatnot. Yeah, Stimbley probably a little bit better of a technical player, but um, Carer with better recovery speed, I think, as you said, and um, just rangier, you know, more athleticism can can kind of do more and get into different areas on the pitch than than Stimbley can. And I think that's uh, an important quality for him back there, especially with two players that aren't um, quite as mobile uh, alongside him in, in, in Naldo and Nastasic. So he kind of provides a little bit of uh, differentiation back there and can give teams some different looks. Obviously, this was a defensive play, but, you know. Yeah, um, and then, so, now speaking of Stuttgart, they uh, they obviously needed some an injection in their team because they weren't really providing much in the first half. Um, so they, they brought in this guy named Anastasios Donis, uh, and he would be subbed in at halftime. And he was like an instant boost for Stuttgart, um, constantly coming down the pitch and, and having opportunities for him. But luckily for us, uh, despite all these opportunities he had, all his shots were like Konoplyanka esque, where they went high and wide. Um, he he almost seemed like he almost had the effect of uh, Martin Harnick had last week, though except, <laughs> it, except though except Dude, he didn't score. I was I was about to make a Martin Harnick joke. I swear to God, do oh, it, that's, do, that's it. do that's it. Fu- that's funny that you brought that up. No, I was I was just going to say that I was fully expecting that substitution to be Martin Harnick. Um, <laughs> a man bun returns. Yeah, who, who are they going to bring on? Oh, it's Martin. Harnick. He plays for every team. Um, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, this guy, he provided a, definitely a surge off the bench, but just pretty out of control. Um, made some dangerous runs down the right-hand side, and then every time he got within kind of, you know, 10, 5, 10 yards of the box, he would just let one fly. Kevin Prince Botang syndrome. Um, <laughs> yeah. To the same match. result, so, same result. You know what? That's something I'll take all day. I mean, all day, every day. If you want to go down there and then just waste possession on shots like that, great. Because if you get one in, you know that, that's it's a career goal type situation, and the chances of you finishing one of those are slim to none. So, right. um, yeah, that's what I, that's exactly what Stuttgart did not need to be doing at that point in the match. Um, obviously, a player like him was important because it put us under a little bit of pressure, but he needs to lay that off to somebody or come up with some other opportunity. I mean, you have Mario Gomez sitting in the box waiting for service, and yeah, you're you wasting know, an opportunity there for sure. Um, so, you know, last week we saw Goretzka. He made it about 65 minutes or so before getting subbed off. In this game, around the 56th minute, we already saw Stambouli warming up, and we knew that Goretzka was going to be coming off. But before he was uh, subbed off, Schalke had a nice little counterattack with through Amin Harit. Uh, he ended up slipping a low cross that Goretzka found with a backheel flick. Um, it it would have been a beauty had he scored, but a Ziebler, a Ziebler, Zeeler, 
uh, seem to have it covered pretty well, but um, that's an audacious attempt. Uh, I guess these guys are they were jealous of DeSanto with his backfoot goal early in the yeah, season. They were Leon trying Gretzka, to great player, just not quite as good as DeSanto. Yeah, um, that's, that's, a, that's that's why he's going to a team like Byron and not a, a good team, right? No. Yeah, like shout out. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Harit uh, played a really smart low ball into Goretzka. I think it's kind of exactly where it needed to be, and uh, it was a it was a smart idea. It was a clever idea from Goretzka. Um, just didn't really get enough purchase on that sort of back heel that he tried, and I don't think the angle was right either. Nothing really came of it, but um, that would have been quite a way for him to finish his match because he came off shortly after. Yeah, and so uh, later later on in the game, a couple minutes later, you know, actually beginning in the first half when uh, just before during the Goretzka penalty that was called, uh, we talked about how there was a high boot and there was a penalty was called. We weren't sure if it, was, it should be called or not. In the 64th minute, De Santo, uh, he was going for a loose ball. He stuck his boot up high to get it. The ball would end up bouncing off uh, the defender's face and right into Amin Herit, uh, who would counter very quickly and go on a breakaway uh as he neared the goalie uh, zeeler he kind of drew him over to him slid a pass to a wide and i mean wide open konoplyanka looking at an empty net here it is three what how the fuck did he miss that uh, i mean you you me the commentator everybody on the pitch every fan in the stadium everybody watching at home um knew that that was 3-0 until it suddenly wasn't. Um, I could have sort of – I looked at the defender, and he was, like, smirking after that. I was like, really? How the f- – in, in, Inexplicable. Um, so, first of all, great great ball from Tilo Kerr um, yes. out from kind of a really deep position. Um, you know, the controversy with the high boot there, but it ultimately kind of falls into space for uh, Harit, who, who, who breaks on it, gets into open space. Kind of Plianka is making um, a parallel run. Um, a very dangerous parallel run, and uh, you know, goalkeeper ultimately gets forced into a position where he has to make a decision. Comes out to challenge the ball, um, and Harit just kind of slots it over to to kind of Plyanka. And um, what do you say about that? I, I just <laughs> it's it, it, it's at a minimum half of an open net. There was a defender like somewhere near there that potentially was like blocking off half of the angle, but you still had at a minimum half an open net to shoot at, um, if not the entire thing, and missed it wide, and it wasn't even, like, it didn't even hit the post. It didn't no. miss by inches. It missed by, like, a foot or more. Um, kind of Planka. <laughs> Once again, right place. Yeah. Great energy, great hustle to get there, um, but I can't, I can't even try to defend this one. Um, <laughs> you, you know, you hear fans... Um, regardless of the sport, every once in a while, I'll be like, "Oh, I I could have I could have scored that goal. I could have made that throw. I could have made that shot. Whatever it is." And usually, you're like, "Shut up!" Like, you know, that, I mean, <laughs> it's it's unreasonable, right? Um, that is one of those plays where I think a lot of people watching at home were like, "I could have scored that goal." And Frank could have scored that. She was deaf, dumb, and blind. I no, mean, Franco Franco DeSanto could have scored that goal. <laughs> I know exactly. It, it just, it, I mean, yeah, it's Kevin Prince Boateng would have scored that goal. <laughs> Kevin Prince Boateng would have received that pass, run backward fifteen yards, and then tried to shoot it from a distance. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah like I mean, like you, like you said that even the announcer said that was the worst miss of the season for anybody, and I'm kind and I'm inclined to agree with him. Well, the announcer said it's three or something along those lines before yeah. he like if you didn't finish shooting it, and then it's certainly three or something. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and then and then it took him like probably about two or three seconds to realize that it hadn't gone in. 
Um, because from the angle, it almost looked like it went in the back of the net, and then yeah, like, see, yeah, and then you suddenly realize that did not go in. Uh, I mean, we're just. I'm sure the announcer just went off to the side, muted his mic, and be like, "What the fuck did just happen?" Yeah, I, <laughs> absolutely brutal. Um, oh man, Kano, my man. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you feel for him in a situation like that because I mean, no one's going to be more upset about that than he is. And you thought um, you, we would, we thought that that would be the end of his shenanigans. But moments later, yeah. Kalajiri sprung Konoplyanka yet again on another counterattack, and he goes down solo on the left flank. He had two men closing in on him. Meanwhile, two teammates on the opposite side of the field, I mean, Hari and Guido Bergsteller, were wide open. But Kono went for glory. Uh, he gets a shot block, blowing yet another huge opportunity to put this game to rest. What the f- Yeah, yeah. Classic case of, um, you know, you make a mistake and you try to make up for yes. it immediately. Yes. And the way to make up for it there is you got yourself in a dangerous position. Now feed the ball. You know, play a good ball in and let somebody else have the pressure of trying to convert it. Um, and he did the opposite, which was... I, well, I just messed up that. Now I'm going to take on you know two defenders and, and do it myself, and he loses possession again. Um, and that's that was within what sixty seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> I mean, how wide open were Burkseller and I mean Harit? Eventually, Burkseller made the run in, but I mean Harit was wide open on the right. And yeah, he it's, was. It's not a pass that it's impossible for Konoplyanka to make. He's he's a very good passer. So Harit was pissed off too. Oh yeah, when he did not receive. But even, that's two in a row within sixty seconds. Yeah, he, he fed him or was open available. Yeah, and you know, for the, you know, feel free to turn off the podcast at this point. I mean, for the third time since we started, <laughs> like getting into dangerous positions, which is great. And you know, so the way where I'm struggling here is, I've talked repeatedly about how I don't think we create enough from open play, and then kind of Planka comes into the game, and suddenly we're creating all kinds of things from open play, but then he's just wasting them all, and I'm struggling to decide whether or not I prefer, um, you know, ten chances wasted to no chances created at all, which amounts to the same thing. But um, I don't know. So th- that's why I'm struggling to be too hard on him. Obviously, the one miss was just inexcusable. That you have to you have to finish that. But um, in some respects, he was so refreshing out there, and then just you know c- couldn't find a way to convert it. But uh, you know, you look at you compare him to a player like Franco DeSanto, who did literally nothing the entire game again, as usual. Um, you know, it, you know, there's there's four certainties in life, right? There's death, taxes. Naldo scoring from a set piece and Franco DeSanto disappointing me. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> good, just, good, yeah. let it burn. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. You, t- t- <laughs> I'm going to take 30 <laughs> seconds just to – you go ahead. Uh, okay, I will. Um, so, yeah, uh, moving, let's move on from that. Uh, the rest of the game would see, you know, Burke, Stiller, and Mario Gomez trade quality opportunities back and forth. Um but then there was one more corner kick for Schalke, and that would be in the 80th minute. Uh, off the corner, I believe it was Bastian Ochipka, excuse me, uh, kicked it in the box. And, of course, Naldo gets, a, gets out on the end of it, forces a brilliant save from Zeeler. Uh, and then both Tilo Kerr and Burksell were, were point blank and somehow missed the rebound. How did that not go in? I don't know. Yeah. Well, Berge ultimately hit it wide. Um, yeah. Just laser of a shot and just missed the target. But – um. Full marks to Ron Robert Zeeler there. Yeah. I thought that was a goal for sure. Um, Naldo getting up, just hanging in the air, puts a great, great header, um, kind of near the top, upper right 90, um, and full stretch save. Um, just gets a palm to it. So uh, credit to Zeeler. Uh, I mean, he he kept it from being from being three for sure, and kind of Planka kept it from being four. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, Naldo almost got another one. It just time and time again, popping up in the box. No one knows how to deal with him. And uh, credit to some of the guys on our team, Ochipka and Calgary, who consistently provide pretty yeah. damn good service. Oh, yeah. You know, from corners and set pieces, because that's half the equation right there. No, uh, no doubt about that. And it seemed like, and, and all these corners, especially that one right there, uh, it seems like there's a string on the back of Naldo. He just hangs up and levitates in the air and waits for the ball to get there. And he gets, to, he knows exactly where it's going to be every time. Can anybody read the ball out of the air better than him? I mean, I don't know. Uh, his ability, his leaping ability at at his age is ridiculous. I mean, I mean, we're basically the same age, and I can't, I can barely get like two inches off the ground. So, um, yeah, kudos to that guy. But no, uh, it was absolutely no. The passing ability from Ochipka and Kalajiri, uh, what they provide. I mean, if it wasn't for them, Naldo wouldn't get these opportunities, or or or, or Bergstall or anybody else. So, you know, it's it's big for us. I mean, how many teams can say that they have a a quality crosser, let alone two like we do? So, that's definitely uh, something we can put in our back pocket and say that. So, at least in in dire moments in any game, uh, big moments in the game, we can rely on those two, depending on where the, the cross is, to bring it in. Yeah, it's really getting to the point where you almost expect Naldo to score rather than just kind of, you know, you're kind of sad when he does this corner. Yeah, yeah. It's almost disappointing when he, I mean, that's how, that's how good that we've been on set pieces. No, absolutely. So that would see Schalke win 2 nothing and momentarily jump into second place uh, with Leverkusen yet to play. Leverkusen would play on Sunday. They would win uh, and they would leapfrog Schalke. They're tied in points, but due to goal differential, I think they're like seven goals up on Schalke. They are in second place. Uh, it's probably all goals from Leon Bailey, right? Yeah, if you haven't had a chance to watch uh, Bayer Leverkusen play, do yourself a favor. Don't play yourself. Turn on a Leverkusen game and, and watch this Jamaican wonder kid, Leon Bailey. He's he's tearing it up right now, and he is one of the most electrifying players in the Bundesliga and really all of Europe, to be honest. Um so, I mean, props to him, Leverkusen. Um, you know, they leapfrog us. And, you know, if they keep scoring goals like that um, and not dropping points, it's going to be hard for us to catch them because we got quite a goal difference to make up. Yeah, it was interesting with all the top. There was a, there's a bunch of teams that are all right there with each other. Um, and a team that ends up being in just behind us in fourth place is Frankfurt of all teams. Good for Frankfurt. They're having hey, a on track Frankfurt. What's up? Yeah, you yeah, guys are having a great season so far. You know what? I'd much rather see them there than Dortmund or Leipzig. Um, so good no for offense. them. <laughs> Honestly, happy happy for Eintracht Frankfurt. The power of the man bun serving them well this season. Um, and looking at this table, uh, <laughs> this, this is still absolutely insane. Okay, second place through 12th place. Second through 12th, 10 points. It's... <sighs> It's gonna it's gonna be wild, man. It's gonna be a wild finish in the Bundesliga. I'm telling you. I mean, just just from just from you know second place to seventh place is three points. So I mean, you lose one week and a team in seventh place wins. All of a sudden, you're you're down there and they're up they're up top. So it's it's a helter skelter kind of kind of table there, which is great for the Bundesliga because um, other than Bayern, you're blowing everybody away. It's so close, yeah. and you don't know who to, who's gonna win week in week out. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain with a 16-point lead. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bayern Munich is, I mean, what, what can you say about that? Uh, Bayern Leverkusen, right? Uh, goal difference of plus 14 in second place. Bayern Munich, a goal difference of plus 33 <laughs> in first place. Uh, um, do we, so I don't, we don't even have 33 goals this season. I think we have like 25 goals. Uh, I, I think so. 27 goals or something, right? 
We we have thirty two goals and they have a goal difference of their oh good lord. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> like jeez. Yeah. Why'd you have to say that? That's just really depressing. I just put things in perspective, all right? That's all. Hey, two no, two no victory, clean sheet. I'm feeling it. Let's go. Hey, yeah, that's right. So, Shaka fans, what did you make of that win over uh, Stuttgart? Tell us about it at SO4 underscore podcast on Twitter. All right, so next game we are going to be playing Bremen. Uh, first go around, Schalke won 2-1 to one with Goretzka netting the game winner. Bremen, they come into this one uh, winless in five games, including a 0-0 draw this weekend to Hertha Berlin. Bremen currently sit in 16th place and are in the relegation zone. The big danger man for me, uh, and most fans are very familiar with this guy's name, is Max Cruz. Uh, he leads the team, I believe, in goals with four this campaign. Um, it doesn't seem a lot, but then again, they're a relegation team, so you don't expect them to have many goals from them. Um, what do you uh, what do you see from this team? I mean, is it going to be? Yes, it's a relegation team, but Werder Bremen are no slouches. Their their games typically are very close. That is, yeah, that's true. That's something that struck me looking at some of their results recently. Outside of um, their game against Bayern Munich two weeks ago where they only lost by two goals, which is not, you know, unusual in a game against Bayern, who has a, you know, 33 goal difference, as we just said. Um, they have not lost a game by more than one goal, um, dating back to at least December 2nd, possibly longer. Um, so, I mean, looking at their most recent results, you have, you know, 0-0 draw. Um, and then there's that Bayern Munich loss. And then, uh, you know, a 1-1 draw. Um, a 2-2 draw, a 1-0 loss, or a 2-1 win, stuff like that. So um, very tight games. Uh, so that, you know, it, it could be a tricky fixture. I, I hope it's not. They're in 16th place. They haven't really done a whole lot, but um, they're not getting blown out. So that this could be one of those games where if you let them hang around for too long, kind of like the Hanover game, right, where right. You, know, you get an early lead and get a little too comfortable with it, don't push the envelope enough and try to, you know, expand that, um, you know, maybe they maybe they steal something late. So. Um, I would like to see Schalke take the approach um, that they took this game, which is you know try to try to attack early, attack often, and, and get off to a strong start and hopefully open up a lead um, early in this game, so we're not leaving this to chance a little bit later on. Considering what happened in this game, uh, do you want to see Konoplyanka up top again with with Harit, or or do you want to see someone else come in? I mean, because he gave us a lot of opportunities in this game. Uh, Konoplyanka did. Uh, he was a constant threat, though he missed several opportunities. He was a—I mean, he, we can't mention his name because he was in every single play and and causing chances. Uh, so you know, it's either him or do you bring in Piazza and Bolo? Um, obviously, we want Bergseller to so start. So let me let me say this: that was the worst game that kind of Plink has had this season, and that was better than 95% of Franco DeSanto's performances. <laughs> just in terms of like doing anything. It's it's like you're poking Franco DeSanto with a stick, just saying do something. He had more chances um, in this game for sure than DeSanto's had all season. Possibly. I don't know what the stats are, but I don't feel like I really even look, need to look them up. So, um, Up to Franz, give us the stats. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see kind of playing on the bench if Tedesco just like punishes him for being like, what the hell were you doing? But um, not a team player. And, and I do want to see more of Piazza. I want to see more of Mbolo. I want to see the new signing, uh, you know, Toykert, um get in there. But uh, if it's one of the two players up top who needs to sit, I want it to be DeSanto, obviously, and not 
kind of Planka because kind of Planka is very dangerous on the counter, you know, in transitional play. Um, and, and, you know, he, he, he runs the people and forces them to kind of collapse on him and that can open things up for other people. So, um, ideally we have players on the pitch who can finish things, uh, so that we aren't relying on kind of Planka to do that himself. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not sour on him from this performance, which maybe is stupid. And, you know, feel free to weigh in, Schalke fans, and, and let us know how you feel about him. But um, to me, as somebody who's been crying out for more offense, in a very sort of weird, messed up way, that was almost kind of a positive thing. Yeah. I don't know how, but. If there's some way that we can we for sure get some offense without Konoplyanka, then what I would like to see is whoever that is, you know, Piazza, Mbolo, whomever, um, start the game, and then you know if we get a lead, especially like a, a two-goal lead, bring in Konoplyanka for the counterattacking style that Tedesco likes to play when he has a lead, and then he'd really be you know a dangerous man because he'd be fresh uh, off the bench. But um, you know I don't know. It's yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not gonna punish uh, Konoplyanka because he he gave us opportunities and we've been lackluster in that department all season long. And so, uh, if if not for him, we I mean, if he had finished, we probably would have got seven goals in this game. I don't know. Uh, that's how many <laughs> yeah. that's how many opportunities he gave us. Uh, yeah, at but, least at least four or five, probably. Yeah, exactly. So if he he just needs to become a better team player, maybe Tedesco just yells at him and say, "Look, you got to start passing your teammates." Um, but I like I like the I like the effort. I like the the chances he created, um, and I like the runs that he made too. That's a, that's another big thing too. You know, you can't get chances unless you make these these smart runs, which he did. Um, and he got himself open, so teammates would find him. So, um, you know, hopefully we get to see him in the game. Whether he starts or not, that'll be up to the, the boss. But, um, uh, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier about how uh, Bremen don't really get blown out. I mean, the last time they really lost by more than more than a goal was before Thanksgiving. They lost, I think, four nothing to Hanover, and then they lost two wow. nothing yeah. to RB Leipzig. Yeah, that's a long, it's that's very a long time rare. Ago. That's yeah. a good run for them. I mean, obviously, not a good run in terms of you know maybe the points that they've earned, but. Um, Keeping it tight, and, and that's sometimes you know the difficulty with some of these things. You look at a team that's maybe down in the table, and you think, "Oh, that's not really much of a challenge." But if you look at the actual games, um, the the performances maybe have been a lot closer than their their overall record would suggest. So, um, really important game for us. Uh, it's going to be a a quick run of fixtures here. We have Werder Bremen coming up next Saturday, I believe. And then the midweek fixture, the DFB Pokal match against uh, Wolfsburg, correct? Yes, correct. Midweek, and then um, very short turnaround before we play Bayern Munich and the top spiel, Saturday, 11.30, central time at least. Um, so, yeah, fixtures are coming uh, fast and thick here, and uh, hopefully we, we pick up another win against Bremen. So that this stretch here in between those Leipzig and Bayern Munich bookends uh, – gives us a point total that we can be, you know, somewhat pleased with. Um, and then it's onwards upwards from there. Absolutely. Uh, so last week, uh, predicting the Stuttgart game, we try not to give any uh, any score predictions, but we did give our, you know, who we thought was going to win. And that seemed to work for us. So let's let's keep on that train there. Uh, no scores here. Just give us your prediction uh, uh, for the result of this match. Against did, I not, did I not go with 2-0 last week for the you first did, time ever? You did, and then you kind of said, ah, score lines are like 50-50. And I didn't say score lines. So I'll give you credit for that. I finally hit on the 2-0, right? That's right. Um, let's go uh, Let's go 2-1. Schalke. You had me worried there. It was a pause after the 2-1. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I think we get it done. I, I think we need to pick up a win, and I think we'll do it again. 
Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm hoping that we learn from the Hanover match in, in terms of when you score, how to approach it. Um, I, I think, you know, the Stuttgart game was a good example of that. We had some good opportunities created, which we hadn't done in a while. I'm hoping that the team feeds off of that. Um, and, uh, and, you know, they got that RB Leipzig loss out of their way. Um, I also think they're going to win this game. I'm not going to give a scoreline, but um, I say it's going to be – I say they're going to win. It's not going to be easy for sure because we've seen Bremen. Uh, they're, they're definitely a tough out, but – uh, I'm, I, I too am going for, for Schalke. Yeah, you need to take advantage of these matches against some of these lower table sides. Um, you know, if the three teams below us all win, we could be in sixth place after next week. Crazy. Dor- Dortmund just three behind us in a, in, a, in a better goal difference, so they would leapfrog us um, if we were to lose and they were to pick up a W. So, I mean, as we said earlier, the table is uh, very tight at the moment. So these are these are all very important matches until the Rook render progresses a little bit further and maybe some space opens up between these teams. But for the moment it's, it's deadlocked and uh, you got to stay on top of your game. If you want to hold on to where you are on the table. Uh, real quick. Um, it's, it's, we're not going to be, uh, wait, are we going to be have a podcast before the VFP Pokal? We'll play by ear. We'll play by ear. So then I'll, we won't make predictions just yet. So, all right, we'll leave that. We'll leave that for the next pod. All right, um, Shaka fans, tell us your predictions for the Bremen match. Uh, give us a shout-out at SF4 underscore podcast on Twitter. I think with that, Mr. Mangan, we're going to wrap it up there. Keep tuning in Keep tuning in rather each week as we will bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Schalke, Fox Soccer, Opta Franz, and the Bundesliga for providing us tidbits for our podcast today. If there are any topics you would like us to discuss, send us a tweet on Twitter. Stay tuned to next week's episode where we will recap that Bremen match, go over the DFB Pokal match or look ahead to it, and then uh, look ahead to Bayern Munich, uh, the Topspiel, as uh, Jack mentioned. Jack, where can our followers find you on Twitter and social media in general? J.M. Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N. Um, uh, essential follow, plain and simple. Uh, gotta follow me. Uh, you don't want to miss out. Uh, for instance, when, when Kanaplianka had that horrible miss, I tweeted out, bruh. Um, and let me tell you, you're not going to find that level of analysis anywhere else on the internet. So um, definitely add a lot to your viewing experience if you're following the tweets that I As soon as Kanaplianka missed that, I went, I went right to Twitter. I was like, Jack's going to say something. And he said it classic right there. Perfect. <laughs> Summed it up perfectly in one word, four letters. Uh, very good. <laughs> Once again, I'm your host, Richard Carmen, and you can find me on Twitter as well at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Shoes. Shoes.